up and thanks again for tuning in to the New York Sports Beat. I am Rich Piazza and you are listening to episode 11. And if you are listening, that is great news since Apple Podcasts had a major update earlier in this week that basically caused many headaches to those that use Apple Podcasts, which is probably everyone that has a podcast since third-party apps also use the feed from Apple. So hopefully it's fixed or getting fixed and this episode is sent out to your favorite podcast and if you're listening then it is and that's great so apple get your act together anyway today's show is centered around the new york giants and the upcoming draft but that is after i mention the knicks and if you aren't watching the knicks right now and i don't mean right this second i mean generally right now in time what are you doing Winners of nine straight and in possession of the number four seed with about 10 or 11 games to go in the regular season. And Knicks fans, honestly, you love this team. I know you do. You have to. How could you not? Someone I follow on Twitter, Brian Rappaport, tweeted out the other day, I haven't loved a Knicks team like this since 1999. And I couldn't agree more. And I'm sure many of you feel the same. And for you younger listeners, This team is more lovable than the 54-win team in the 2012-2013 season. And that team uh, had Carmelo and Amari and Raymond Felton, Tyson Chandler, Jason Kidd, Jumper, J.R. Smith, and a bunch of other hardworking veterans. And that team was good. Obviously, they did win 54 games and lost in the Eastern Conference semis. But this team is much more lovable. Not better. Lovable, enjoyable, fun. Every single game is just exciting and fun. The grit that they show on, especially in the second halves and the fourth quarters, is just incredible to watch right now. And again, I said this before, are they a championship team? Nope. Will they represent the East in the finals? Nope. Will they even win a round in the playoffs? Well, two weeks ago, the answer was probably nope. But today, the answer is possibly and maybe even probably. We are now talking about a team that can have the home court advantage in the first round. Imagine that. Vegas had this team with 22 wins, which means they only accounted Tom Thibodeau for one win. One. Big mistake. Huge mistake. He's made all the difference in the world. And of course, the play, the players such as Julius Randle and the development of Barrett. But Tibbs needs to get that credit as well. And he is. And he should be the coach of the year. I know what Phoenix is doing. I know what Utah is doing. But whatever he's selling, his guys are buying. And so are the fans. And it feels so good to have the Knicks back in the conversation and one of the top stories in New York sports. So the next few weeks are going to be very busy as we discuss the NFL draft for both the Jets and the Giants, the play of the Mets and Yankees, Jacob deGrom and his dominance on the baseball field, and these Knicks. They aren't going away, and neither am I as far as talking about them. Okay, now the Giants. Eric and I talked about the Jets and their draft plans in Episode 9, and now it's the G-Men's turn. Owners of the 11th pick in the draft, and there are many ways they could go here. 
Now, they shouldn't be tied down to one player or one position at this spot. So what could they do? They could take the best wide receiver available. They could take the best offensive lineman available. They could take the best edge or linebacker available, such as Parsons. The only areas they shouldn't focus on are running back, obviously, and the secondary. But more on secondary in a little bit. Now, the many ways they could go is also a reason that we've heard that they could potentially trade back in the first round. Not a Gettleman thing to do. He's never have, which is why it's hard to believe. But it also makes a ton of sense when you factor in the depth of the draft, especially in the areas that they need, and their lack of total picks in the draft as they have just six. So who could potentially be there? All right, let's go Let's go position by position here, all right, as far as where they could go, what they need, and, and stuff like that. Offensive line. This is the area I think they should be looking at. Now, you could be looking at Rashawn Slater if he's there. And if he is, in my opinion, he needs to be the pick. Christian Darrisaw, Tevin Jenkins, who the Jets like a lot, I know that. Wyatt Davis, who could be had later on. Elijah Vera Tucker. These are all names that you might hear being called at pick 11. And I just said just now that Rashawn Slater, if he's there, needs to be the pick. And I'm currently in the middle of updating my mock draft for FantasyShed.com. And I had the Giants at pick 11 still. Slater was there, and I still did not have them selecting him. And the reason is, it's not that I'm a hypocrite, because I know I just said that if he's there, he needs to go there. But I look at what they did last year, not just Andrew Thomas, right? But they also drafted two other linemen in the draft. And you look at Gettleman's draft history, and this is not something where he, he tends to focus on, all right? So that's why I still mocked, currently, Mika Parsons in my what is probably going to be my final mock draft unless things drastically change somehow with a trade or whatnot from now until Thursday. But me, if I was a Giants GM and Slater's there, he's the pick. But we know that Gettleman is not your uh, conventional type of drafter, I guess you could say. Um, so if Slater's there, he needs to be the pick. If they have high grades on any of the offensive linemen I mentioned as well, or even ones I did not, you know, such as the Darashaws, the Jenkins, Davis, uh, Elijah Vera Tucker. That's where they could move back if they are set at making the offensive line their priority, which I think they should. And if Slater is not there, I think a trade back makes a ton of sense. But let's look at wide receivers. Who could be there? Not Jamar Chase. How about Jalen Waddle or Devonta Smith? I could see them pulling the trigger on one of them. But with the addition of Galladay, not as much of a need as it was just a few months ago. Earlier mocks I did did have the Giants going wide receiver with Jalen Waddle, who happens to be one of my favorite draft prospects and wide receivers in this draft, aside from Jamar Chase. I do have Waddle above of Devonta Smith. So... Going back a little bit to what I just said about the offensive line, where if that was their priority, if their priority was the offensive line and Slater is gone, 
then I could see moving back for one of the other two. And the same can be applied here. If wide receiver is their priority and their ideal situation, and for some reason, not just Chase, but Waddle and Smith are also gone, do not just pick the next best receiver just because you want a wide receiver. Move back and get your guy and get some more draft picks as well. That's where it would make sense. If you're set on wide receiver and Waddle or Smith is there and you have a high grade on either one, you can go ahead and make that pick. But again, not before Rashawn Slater. And I'm going to get to the order of all these guys uh, a little bit later on as to what they should do, one, two, three, et cetera. Linebacker. There's just one linebacker that I would consider at 11. And like I said, I already mentioned him because I mocked him there, and that is Mika Parsons. And I've had a mock there for quite a while, ever since the signing of Kenny Galladay. And you can make the argument that he, too, is too good to pass up at this spot, just as Slater would be. And they can't go wrong with the pick. I don't think a lot of media or fans would hate the pick either. He's a good player, a safe pick, has some character concerns, according to some people. But again, I don't think many people would hate the pick if they went with Parsons at this spot. So let's look at the edge. Not much of the top half of the draft talent-wise in the edge department. There just isn't. Quiddy Pay, Jalen Phillips, Aziz Ojolari, Gregory Russo, and they can be had, maybe not Quiddy Pay, but the others can probably be had in the back half of the draft. Uh, maybe even some have Gregory Russo sliding out of the first. I don't think so. Russo is actually one of my favorite edge guys in the draft. But after opting out of the 2020 season, it shows that if you rewatch and everything, he is a bit raw. So perhaps a team looking long-term and not so much immediate impact would be a better fit for him. So regardless, so I don't like any of these edge guys at pick 11. And again, if this is their preferred interest and this is where they want to go, a trade back is the best option, but not if it means passing on someone like Slater or Waddle, which goes back to what I said in the beginning. The Giants cannot be um, married to a particular uh, position. They just can't. They have to come in with an open mind. They might have their preference of positions that they want. But if edge is number one, and it very well could be, training back would definitely make a lot of sense. Especially, like I said, the top half of the draft, most of these guys do not belong there. But if you're passing on somebody like a Slater or a Waddle, or maybe even a Devonta Smith for that matter, just because you want that edge, that will be a mistake. If those guys are gone, and then you get to the spot at 11, then I can understand it. That's when a trade back makes the most sense. Cornerback and safety. Why am I even talking about this? Obviously not the ideal situation. But when you aren't comfortable with any of the players on the board or um, in one of the areas that you would like to address, then maybe another option is to add to an already strength, which is their secondary. Already with Logan Ryan, Xavier McKinney, James Bradbury, they just signed a Dory Jackson, as well as Peppers and Julian Love. Obviously, going cornerback and safety does not make a ton of sense. But if you add either Patrick Satane or J.C. Horn, 
that can make one of the best units in football in the secondary. That's like a difference maker right there. So not ideal, not something that they should be really focusing on, but it won't hurt as much as people think. Not the area I would go. I would definitely go offensive line receiver, then edge slash Mika Parsons prior to going cornerback, and then trading back even prior than going, you know, cornerback safety. Teron Morig at a TCU, another solid option if they want to go in this direction, but not something I would want them to do at 11. This is a trade back scenario if they would, but I feel at 11, there are going to be some really, really good options in the areas that you need prior to, or rather than I should say, a cornerback safety. So what should they do? My order of preference based on the positions and players mentioned above. Okay. Number one, Rashawn Slater. And I'm omitting, obviously, the Penny Sewells. Okay. The, you know, the top guys in those. I'm omitting him. I'm omitting a Jamar Chase because it is completely expected that they're gone. All right. So that's why I'm starting with Slater. So number one is Rashawn Slater. He needs to be the number one option for the Giants at 11. Number two is Jalen Waddle. Number three is a trade back. So if those two guys are gone, you trade back. Number four is Christian Darisaw. Okay, some have some had him as arguably the best lineman in the draft. He is he is starting to slide, as we always see. And a lot of what we see, and and we have to be careful, okay, as we hear about about guys sliding for whatever reason it is. I mentioned this on uh, one of the other previous episodes. Actually, I think it was on a mock draft on Fantasy Shed on air. Sometimes things are put out by teams or agents in the hopes that either a player slides and gets back to them or hopes it can even be in a positive way where they hype up a player in hopes that that player goes ahead of them, leaving a better chance that the guy they want of being there. So there's a lot of that going on. It's gamesmanship, and it's done by teams. It's done by agents. It's done sometimes by people within the camp of the player, all right? So we have to be careful with that. But Darashaw is starting to slide a little bit. So after Slater, Waddle, and a trade back as my first three options the Giants should do, it would go Darashaw there at four. Then Mika Parsons at five. Again, he's the one I currently have mocked to the Giants. He'd be my fifth option um, if everything plays out the way uh, as expected. Number six would be Devonta Smith, okay, the wide receiver out of Alabama. Alabama. Number seven, Elijah Vera Tucker. Then I have, so again, let me just recap. So it's Slater, Waddle, trade back. Darashaw, Parsons, Smith, Elijah Vera Tucker is seven. Eight, nine, and ten are all trade back, trade back, trade back. That's what they should do. Slater, Waddle, trade back. Darashaw, Parsons, Smith. Tucker, trade back, trade back, trade back. And then if you don't, 11 is the secondary players that I mentioned in the secondary, the cornerbacks or safety. So that's how I think the Giants should handle. If I'm Gettleman, I'm going into Thursday night with my card and my draft board, and that's what it should look like. Slater, Waddle, trade back if they're not there. If there's no trade back option and you have to make your pick, those two are gone. You look at Darshaw. Then you look at Parsons. 
than Smith or Tucker. And that will vary on how you have them on your board, obviously. If they have Devonta, uh, Devonta Smith ahead of Darashaw, all right, fine, go that way. I'm going based on me, what I think they should do based on their team, the structure they need, and the player available. So what about second round? Right, because there's more to the draft than just the first round. Now, second round options, it depends on the first round. Both wide receiver and offensive line have value in the second round. There are guys like Rondell Moore, Diami Brown, Iman Ross St. St. Brown, Elijah Moore, depending on who else is drafted in the first. Rashad Bateman is going to be a first-round pick, as he should. Terrence Marshall, I think, is going to be a first-round pick, as he should. All right, so you can have options here in the, in the second round at wide receiver if you want to address another option in the first. If you want to address wide receiver in the first, if you go waddle, there should be some guys available in the second round at the offensive line. I'll give you some right now. I'm not saying they're all going to be available because they might not. Some of these guys might actually go in the first round. Liam Eikenberg, Jalen Mayfield, probably a first-round pick. Alex Leatherwood, Creed Humphrey, some have him going in the first round. Landon Dickerson or Wyatt Davis, both of those guys could also go in the first round. So neither of which I think will be there in the second, or at least not when the Giants pick, but there will be some options there. If the Giants had a major need, if they didn't sign Galladay, I think it would be wide receiver all the way no matter what and address the offensive line in the second or third or whatever round. But because they spent all that money on Kenny Galladay, still have Shepard, Slayton, they still have a good receiving corpse. You need to protect Daniel Jones. You need to. Andrew Thomas is going to get better. I like Andrew Thomas. I don't think he should have been picked number four, but I like him. He was one of my favorite tackles in the draft last year based on the fact that I felt he was the most polished of all of them. And I might have been wrong there. Who knows? He actually might go out, though, and have the longest, most consistent career of all of them. It's hard to make judgment after one season. It really is. So that's why, based on that, I don't really see them going offensive line again. But Daniel Jones is in the same situation or a similar situation than Sam Darnold was a year ago. Entering third year, where a decision on his fifth-year option has to be made early next year. But the difference between Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold is the Giants have a running back, have a running game. The Giants have some weapons, and they've done that bringing in Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard and Slayton, as I mentioned. If Ingram can hold on to the ball, he's another good weapon. Big if there. So Daniel Jones does have more than Darnold has, but they have to make a decision on him soon, and that's why it's important. That's why I think offensive line is that much important this year and drafting alignment for him there, more so than, I mean, yeah, Waddle would be fun. Smith would be fun, right, to watch him in that offense, but Waddle on the opposite side of Galladay, that'd be fun to watch. But what if they want to address the edge in the second round? Jason Owa at Penn State, and I'm, I'm mispronouncing these names, and I really don't care, okay? I'm not here to make sure I pronounce these names correctly, because chances are Roger Goodell is going to mispronounce half these names as well. Joseph Osa out of Texas. These are options that could possibly possibly be had in the second round as well. So you have to 
Prioritize what you need, what you want, who's there, and who might be there later on. And that's how the Giants are going to work this draft. That's how they should work this draft. But we'll see how Gettleman handles it. I said before, he's unconventional in the way he does things. So I'm curious to see how he handles this draft and what could be his last draft as the Giants GM. Especially if he messes up these picks. Usually when a general manager spends the type of money, overspends, as Gettleman did on a lot of the free agents, the contracts he gave, even to Devontae Booker, usually that's a sign of a little bit of panic. A sign of a general manager trying to save his job, making sure he gets these guys because he knows if it doesn't work out, he's gone. And this draft is equally as important, if not more, than their actual free agency. So that's what I think the Giants are going to do, or should do, if I was them. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty much on, on par with what a lot of the fan base thinks as well. If you ask the fan base, it should be offensive line, with the wide receiver a close second. And the whole trading back idea is fun. Unlikely, but fun. Makes a ton of sense. Certain guys aren't there. We'll see if he actually holds true to that. So it's going to be fun to watch this Thursday night, 8 o'clock, NFL Draft, round one. Friday night, round two and three. And then Saturday, the rest of the draft. So that is going to do it for this episode on Giants Draft Preview. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I would also appreciate it if you subscribe to the show on your favorite podcasting app, whatever that may be. Hopefully Apple Podcasts gets their stuff together and make sure that this show is on all those apps. Upcoming shows, as I mentioned, NFL Draft. Maybe one more before the the actual thing. Maybe I'll try to jump on here on Wednesday or Tuesday night before the actual draft on Thursday, just in case, you know, tie up so many loose ends there. Obviously more shows on the Knicks, the Mets, as I mentioned, where Eric Frank will be on for those for sure. The Yankees. By the way, if if you're a Yankees fan, please go and check out episode 10 of the show. It's called Not My Baseball. It's a very good listen, in my opinion. Honestly, I got some pretty good feedback from it. It's regarding the Yankees and their way of playing baseball lately with all the analytics and such. So, um, you know, please go check that out if if possible. Anyway, make sure you subscribe. This way you can stay tuned for more shows. And be sure to tell your friends and family about the show as well so they also listen and subscribe. We'll talk soon.